is a Bull Babes podcast. Why did I create the Bull Babe show? Honestly, because I was tired of hearing underdog stories from top dogs. You know, there's so much inspiration to be found when we just turn and look to the woman that's next door to us. The woman that is making impact in her local community. The woman that is fighting for the people in her hometown. I wanted to highlight those stories because honestly, they deserve to be told. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of The Bull Babe Show. I am sitting in a Starbucks right now trying to get my life together because I am a hot mess and it's been a long day, y'all. But um, I'm really, really excited about where I'm ending my day and who I'm ending it with. I am talking to a really dynamic woman and really getting to know her. We kind of have some friends in common uh, through business. And so I'm really excited about diving into today's conversation. If you guys don't know something about me, I have a degree in kinesiology, but I do not obviously work in fitness, so I'm really always enamored with people who work in this field, in this industry, and are able to carve out a successful lane. So without further ado, I am going to let this woman talk about herself and her business in her own words. Hi, everybody. My name is Kelsey Gonzalez. I am so excited to be here and to get to share just a little piece of me and my life and my business with you guys. I own Coach Kelsey Fitness. I am a certified personal trainer here in Dallas, and I'm also an online fitness coach. Tell us how you got into fitness. It is definitely a competitive field. So how did you get into fitness, first of all? And how did you find your lane? Okay, so my background is in fitness. I was previously a heptathlete at Western Illinois University. And after graduating college, I dabbled in CrossFit, Pilates, yoga, you name it, I did it. I have also experienced fitness after having two kiddos. I have kids that are four and two. So getting back into fitness and health and healthy eating after having kiddos definitely lended itself to the fitness industry. So basically, when I decided to do personal training, I went that route because I also have a communications degree, which it's interpersonal communications. And for those of you who don't know, that's just talking one-on-one. So I got into this because I combined my degree with my experience and went from there. I think that there definitely are a lot of people who get out of college and they get a degree just to graduate first of all and then uh they get out and they're like well what the hell am I supposed to do now um and communications is kind of a a bit of a jump but definitely after you explained you know the personal training side of things you can see the connection so um what kind of personal training clients do you work with do you work with just women men or I do not do a whole lot of in-person personal training anymore, but when I was, I was only working with women. It was just a decision we made early on, my husband and I together, and it seemed to make the most sense as I had a semi-private gym that I work out of um, for me to personal train women. And online, I do both. I will train both men and women, although I have a Facebook group, which is just for women because I think 
we all know we talk differently when there are men in the room. And I wanted this Facebook group to be kind of uncensored in a lot of ways and for women to feel like they could share what they were going through, which is just not as easy to do when there are men in the room. So um, I really work with, I would say for the most part, busy women, whether that be because they have kids or they're working or they're entrepreneurs, just busy ladies. Busy women definitely need fitness and we need to keep on track. So I kind of want to know what's the biggest challenge that you face working with that specific demographic? Well, I guess let me back up. Are you asking what is the hardest thing for them? Like, should I, the biggest problem that I solve for them is flexibility. If that's what, if I'm understanding your question correctly. Yeah. um, That, um, as far as challenges in the work, but also challenges in uh, keeping accountable. Yeah. So my, the biggest reason why people decide to work with me is because, well, two things, I provide accountability and motivation, but also I give them a clear plan, which is flexible to their lifestyle and their preferences and their calendars. And we know if it doesn't fit in the calendar, it's not going to be a priority for most of the busy people. So I work around Uh, all of those things. And of course there's challenges because everybody has a different lifestyle. And with my business, it being so personalized to each person, I have to pretty much make a new program with each person that I work with. Not to get too much into strategy here, but because you have such a personalized system, uh, do you tend to only work in like high ticket um, programs or uh, are you serving a more affordable demographic like what what does your pricing system look like yeah such a good question I actually do both because I think there is a place for both so the two main offers that I have are a 21 day challenge and that is a group thing so we all follow the same way of eating and it's more generalized and I really teach how to eat healthy and then I coach um, the same exercises for that group of people too so it's for those people who don't need as much personalization but they still need that accountability they still need to learn what's healthy and they still need results so that one is definitely the more affordable option. And then I have a 12-week program, which I do mostly online as well. And that is definitely a higher ticket program. The script a little bit. I know that we were talking earlier before we got on air about your husband and how he's such a huge aspect of your business. So I kind of want to hear the story behind how he got involved in your business and what exactly his role is now. Yeah. Okay. So Uh, My husband and I do everything together. We're best friends. So I can just start there that it made sense that he would be such a big part of my business because we do everything together. But he was also my inspiration for starting the business when we sat down and looked for like, what was I going to do when the kids were in school? Um, He was the one that inspired me to want to start this business and help empower me to get the certification, to get all of the things that I needed to get this thing going. Um, And then Also, he's my earpiece. So the person that I run my philosophy by, my priorities by, he's the one that can help me kind of stay on track. So, And then he's also the one who can make sure the financial aspect of the business is all in line. So he does, he wears a lot of hats as I'm starting all of these things. What I think is interesting about your business is that when I hear you say that your husband is a really, has a really big role in it, um, that 
was really surprising to me because I don't really see him show up at all. And if someone told me that they are running a business with their partner, I'm usually just seeing couple shit all over the place. So how did you guys decide um, who was going to be the face of your business, what it was going to be named and things like that, even though he is involved directly? I was the one that got the certification and he did not have an interest in really training people, but he saw that I had a knack for it from the beginning because he saw me coaching other people. So it was really him helping support me through having to get my studying done. So he would take the kids somewhere or during my personal training clients, he would come home early from work so that I could go train. So his space in the business is giving me the ability to do what I need to do, do it well and kind of fast track the success as we're figuring out our new schedules, our family dynamic, everything that goes along with when you start a new business, your entire schedule kind of changes and you both have to be on board with it and work together with it if you want everything at home to stay in a good system. As a mom, how have you had to change around your schedule and how has being a business owner um, affected your daily life being a mama and you know still having to take care and nurture your kids this is a daily battle I do not do this perfectly and I set boundaries and then I don't follow them sometimes and then I have to set new ones that actually work and what I mean by that is it's really hard for me to step away from work sometimes and I love being able to stay at home with the kids because for the most part unless they're in preschool I get to be at home with them I get to be mom with them but there have been so many times where I looked up and I realized I was not present with them because I was answering emails I was doing something on social media for the business or whatever the case is. And so in a lot of ways, it has felt like such a learning process to to do better every day as mom, as business owner, as whatever hat I'm, you know, wearing at that moment. It's every day is a new opportunity to do it better. Obviously not a mom, but I think that it's such a challenge. I couldn't imagine being a business owner and then also having to do the mom thing too. So we've been talking a little bit about your husband, but I want to talk about, um, because you're, you are juggling so much. Um, how do you make your relationship a priority as a new business owner? Okay, so this looks a little different week to week. And when it's done right, we can both tell. And when it's done wrong, we can both tell. So I'll tell you this story on when it was done wrong. We live here in Dallas, but his parents live in San Antonio. And so we thought it would be the perfect opportunity. Rather, he thought it would be the perfect opportunity for us to go drop our two kiddos off with grandma and grandpa and then go and spend a night just the two of us in a hotel um, near the river walk in San Antonio have a nice time and he had kind of come to me with this idea because we had started the business and we were both really busy and we hadn't gotten to spend a lot of one-on-one time a lot of intentional time together so he just wanted to debrief have some time together that wasn't talking about business that wasn't talking about fitness that wasn't talking about anything the kids or anything else in life but just to date each other just to have fun together and so he booked this about and told me about it about two months in advance and then fast forward we drop off the kids we get to our hotel and it's like it just left my mind that that's the reason why we were there and I worked 
the entire time. I mean, we did fun things while we were there together, but there were emails that I was answering. There were social media posts that I was making. There were programs that I was writing. And the entire time there was something that I had to do for work. And so we get to the end of the day on our last day and we're driving back to get the kids. And he looks at me and he was like, I'm really disappointed. And I'm like, why? What's wrong? We just had this, you know, trip and it was great. And what's wrong? And he was like, you were, you had to work every day. You didn't get that work done ahead of time. You know, I thought we were going to get to spend time together resting like this trip was meant for. And he's like, I'm disappointed. This was supposed to be restful for you. And, you know, so I, it just dawned on me, like, I had no idea. And he was right. I needed to be able to set aside some time, even if it was just two days to rest with him, to date him and have fun together. And I missed the mark. It's like, I forgot that that was the reason why we were there. So the good thing about it is, and this might be because he also has a communications degree is he's upfront with me and always tells me how he's feeling. And I'm so glad that he did because, you know, of course I'm like, I'm so sorry. You're right. I need to, we need to do this again. We need to set a time. I need to plan well, use those scheduling apps and everything else that I need to do to plan well so that we can set our marriage up for success. And just putting that little bit of intentionality can mean the world in every relationship, whether it's he and I or us and the kids, whatever it is. It was a fail on my part, but the good thing, you know, was his communication with me about it. And I think that not a lot of people are able to make that connection or even express that and so I think it's really awesome and for ladies that are listening at home like take notes these are the kinds of qualities that you need in a man if you're going to be able to successfully have a a marriage in a business and um, raise kiddos we want to fund you We have developed a podcast network to cater to our community of ambitious young women between the ages of 21 and 35, and we're searching for unique shows to develop for our channel, Full Babes Radio. No podcast editing, music licensing, or sponsorship negotiation required. Just raw talent and an established social presence. If you have a story to tell, love empowering millennial women, and want to partner with a brand on the rise, email your pitch to podcastdirector at fullbabes.co. Again, that's podcast director at bullbigs.co. Um, something else that I wanted to touch on with you, um, because we were talking about body images and society and inclusivity and that whole movement with body positivity. Have you ever struggled yourself with body image? I love this question because yes, absolutely. And you know, when I think about my history of struggling with body image, sometimes it sounds ridiculous, but I can remember, I was thinking about what is my earliest memory where I remember feeling like I wasn't enough or my body didn't look how it was supposed to look. And I remember getting made fun of as a kid because my shoulders were so broad and I was told that I looked like a boy okay and obviously that got to me because I wouldn't remember it now 20 years later unless it got to me so that was 
my earliest memory. I ran track and was in fitness and I try not to let that stuff bother me, but fast forward to having kiddos, you know, your body changes so much during pregnancy and then um, depending on your experience delivering and how you kind of come out of that experience, it really plays a role in your body image. And with my first kiddo, I didn't, it wasn't as big of a deal as it was with my second. With my second, I had so many stretch marks. I had so much skin and I'm not going to get into all of the details of, of what was going on, but it was definitely a lot of moments where I would get out of the shower and look at my body and think, this isn't mine. This doesn't look like how I remember it and kind of mourn what my body used to look like. And I think one big thing that I learned was it's okay to mourn. And I think a lot of times with moms, they feel like they're doing something wrong because they think that for some reason, people think they're not gonna like their kids as much if they admit that they don't like having the stretch marks. <laughs> but I try to tell them, it's okay to mourn the fact that you don't have the same body. It's what we do with those thoughts after. It's how we take care of ourselves after. It's how we talk to ourselves. It's how we treat ourselves after. It's how we seek help afterward. And surrounding yourself with the right people afterward and following the right people on social media after, you know, it's everything you do after after that so I think that it's so important that you touched on that and that you said that it's okay to mourn I'm not a mom myself but I have always had people rain down on me for being like I'm gonna be honest like I don't want my body to change like I love the way that my body looks now and and it is real and I, I do think it's kind of like an unspoken thing where moms feel like you can't talk about it or else people feel like you hate your kids. And then the people from the outside, you know, why aren't you like the celebrities that just like bounce back afterwards <laughs> and things like that. Um, so yes. I think it's, it's definitely important that you touched on that. Yes. And I have noticed too, and I do like this, there is a lot of normalizing around things like stretch marks. And I think Instagram had a huge part in that. And I think one of the people that comes to mind is Rachel Hollis. She had one of the very first posts of her on the beach showing those stretch marks. And, and I think there's just a lot of people who are like, look, I don't, I don't feel comfortable doing that. And that's okay too. You have your own personality. It's, it's okay. This is a journey that we are all on and we are all different. And the point is we can meet each other where we are and move forward with, with where we are. Just being honest. Honesty is definitely key. And I think that that definitely does the work of starting to break down barriers. Yeah. So, and, and in terms of relationships, you know, we were talking about before how important relationships are with business and honesty. I have to be honest with my clients and they have to be honest with me if we're going to help each other the best way we can. And same thing with me and my kids, same thing with myself and, and my husband, voicing unmet expectations on all of these relationships is so key and being honest with each other is so key. Flipping the script a little bit more, uh, I know that you run a community yourself, but what does your personal community look like? I know that it takes a village, obviously. So who are the people that you go to to stay accountable with outside of, you know, your family dynamic? 
Yeah. So in the beginning, it was honestly, I don't know if you guys are in Dallas and you're listening to this, you might have heard of the Dallas Girl Gang. And after going to one of their events, I got to meet a few different people who I stayed in touch with um, over the whole last year. And one of the things that was awesome was I met another person in the fitness industry who had been in it longer. And she really just took me by the hand, took me by her side and showed me a lot of things that I didn't know. And that was amazing. Her name was Kelly Terwillinger, if you want to look her up. She's awesome. And so she, she is one. And then a couple other people that I met through the Dallas Girl Gang. And then I actually hired a business coach um, in August. So I've had this business a year. And in the last six months, I had a business coach. And that was definitely huge accountability. And then through that experience, I met more people who kind of held my hand along the way and said, here's what we, you know, you're doing great. Here are other things you could be doing alongside that. I want to know, just because it's something that I particularly had a, a trouble with as a coach and in the fitness industry, where is your referral network and where does it come from? How do you get your clients? How do people know about you? <laughs> um, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? So I get my clients online mainly through Facebook and Instagram. And it's not because I have an amazing social media account. It's because the clients that I do have, they share with their friends and that's the main source. And I think we've seen this with other businesses, brick and mortar or online businesses. Word of mouth is such a powerful thing. And so I've just capitalized on, you know, getting my clients to share with their friends what their experience has been like with me and I've been trying to grow my Facebook group and I treat my Facebook group kind of like a second email list where I can show up, they can see my face, they can hear my voice and they can learn from me, you know, kind of face to face. And that's been huge for the business. Talking about visibility, I want to know in the fitness industry, I feel like you can go either one of two ways. Like you can be super serious about it or like you're basically a fitness model, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how did you figure out your visibility strategy in a market where you can definitely be sexualized very easily? <laughs> oh, it is so true. It is so true. So this definitely goes back to one of the things that my husband and I talked through in the very beginning, which was what is my philosophy and what are my priorities? And those have really filtered my messaging. They filtered my pictures and everything. And I knew that I just wanted to be relatable. I'm a mom. I'm not anybody. I'm not a fitness model. I'm not anybody special, but I'm somebody that can teach you what you need to do and help you get results. And I've been where a lot of you are. And so coming across, just showing you my family on my Instagram, showing you what I myself am doing to work out on my Instagram. I just wanted to be real and relatable. And so that's how I showed up. I decided that the fitness model was not for me and it doesn't feel right having a family and to be on Instagram looking like a fitness model just did not seem to fit. That's very cool. Okay. So, um, I think that that definitely has to do with, like you said, strong values and really having a, a true grasp on how you want to show up the message that you want to amplify. Let's dig a little deeper with that. What exactly is your message? Like your business, um, we know who you want to serve, but how are you transforming their lives? Yeah, so 
I have this has evolved over time. In the very beginning, it was just about long term health, and then I realized that that doesn't. Oh, that doesn't sound sexy to people. You know, that doesn't sound intriguing. People, long-term health just does not sound super intriguing. And as I continued working with clients and seeing what really worked with them, it was getting results in the healthiest way possible um, in a way that worked for them, but that also contributed to sustainable health. So as far as my message, I always tell them, my goal for you is to be happy, healthy, and confident in every room you walk in. So whatever hat you're wearing that day, if you're a mom, if you're a business owner, if you're a spouse, whatever it is that you are doing, you can be happy, healthy, and confident in that room. And so we do have to dig a little deeper in a lot of ways. And this is one of the things that I love about the 21 day challenge that we do is I ask you, you know, about body image and I ask you where your thoughts are going because you kind of have to do some of that work to get to the root of your decision-making around food and how you're going to prioritize exercise. So I guess that's a lot in all in one message, but <laughs> at its core, happy, healthy, and confident. That's so awesome. Okay. So I know that you touched on this a little bit, body image, and it's definitely something that women struggle with a lot. I want to know your personal um, belief uh, about body image, especially um, in the fitness industry when there is such a strong push um, about inclusivity of all body types. Um, what's your personal philosophy about body image from the aspect and framework of health? You're right. It is so big right now. I love the body positivity movement. I think that as long as you're prioritizing health in that, it's it's great. Um, health should always come first, whether you are going for a specific body aesthetic or not. Your health should come first. Um, I don't think that any one body type is the healthiest or the what looks the best. I am here to help you get the results that you want, whatever those might be. But along the way, we are going to prioritize emotional, mental, and physical health emotional health. Um, I don't think a lot of people really think about that when they talk about fitness. So obviously without outing anybody, what are kind of, what are some of the emotional um, aspects and challenges that you've run across um, and come across with your, your clients? Most of them have to do with what they have done prior to seeing me because usually by the time I get to work with someone, it's after they've tried a million other things. They've started on a new diet, you know, on seven different Mondays trying to get the results that they want. So they come to me after trying so many different things. And so they view themselves like they've failed, like they're not really sure if they can actually ever get over the right amount of discipline or the things that they think they need. And so I coach them into um, seeing that it's not their fault that they failed, that the food industry here pretty much sets us up for failure most of the time. And I give them the tools that they need to overcome that. And for each person, it's different because everybody comes to me having a different experience, but I know everybody comes to me with some type of previous experience with health and fitness. I want to talk about the city that we're in, Dallas, but more specifically, we are in Plano. Um, so I know that you're not a Dallas native, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, so what made you feel like this was a good city to start a business in? 
because I live here. Honestly, I am so excited that I get to take a lot of this online because I do get to help so many more people. But here in Plano, most of the people that I've worked with are in Plano because convenience is key. And that's part of the way that I've built up this program. And, you know, I've trained in, if you guys are familiar with Plano, the shops at Legacy for a while. And that is a very convenient area for most people. So I love Dallas. And if I weren't in Dallas, I would still be seeking out networks here because there is a lot of tight-knit communities and women who are striving to do more. And that is energizing. It's fun. So I love the city. I love that this is where we got to start and try this thing. I think that Dallas has a really a lot to offer, but I do like to be real. Is there any challenges that you've come across? Any like uh, sour clients, anything? Uh, I haven't had issues with clients. I think sometimes it's hard to actually find your people. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hard to really connect with and have chemistry with everyone. And sometimes if you're going to different events to meet people or, you know, any kind of networking opportunity, those types of relationships are difficult because you go into them knowing that you don't know everybody there and that you might not have chemistry with a lot of people there. So I think making friends in general has been difficult. I don't know if that's specific to Dallas or if that would be the case wherever we had landed, but it has come with challenges and it's definitely, I mean, I've been here two years and there's been a lot of loneliness in times, loneliness before the business started, loneliness, you know, when you fail in the business and you have nobody around you, it makes it feel that much harder. So it's, it's had its challenges. So to wrap up things, um, I know that you touched on this a little bit more, but I always like to pass the mic over to another woman in business here in the Dallas or multiple women in business. Um, who have been instrumental in your journey here as an entrepreneur. Take your time with this if you have to think. I just kind of want to know who has been your people here. Yeah, um, Marcy Hubbard has probably been my number one, like gal pal, boss babe, friend. She is the best. She is the owner of Bright Beauty. So if any of you have not seen her, do not know her, look her up. She is the bubbliest, like friendliest um, I mean, I she was one of the first people that I met from the Dallas Girl Gang. She blew me away with the way she did her customer service and her business. I ended up hiring her a few times, and now I'm working with her in fitness as well. And um, she has just been so instrumental in connecting me with several people, coaching me, telling me um, things that she has gone through with her own business, which she has had a crazy amount of success, and she's only and Bright Beauty is a year and a half, almost two years old. So she's fairly new as well. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story, sharing your time with us, Kelsey. And if you guys enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to subscribe as well as like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Everything is at Bold Babes Co. Bye. Millennial women deserve to have their voices heard, which is why we created Bold Babes Radio. Our unique podcast network consists of an engaging lineup of show topics, which serve our audience of young women between the ages of 21 and 35. We know what matters to you. From health to pop culture, we have a show for that. Visit us online at www.boldbabes.co to view our full show lineup, listen in, and subscribe.